that's our whole entire goal actually entire bigger picture is making cbd affordable to people we don't do any outsourcing we're all uh grown extracted propagated everything is done in kentucky nothing that is outsourced to all to keep costs down so that we can make cbd a household thing available for people all over the place This week, we are debunking all of the myths and misconceptions of all things CBD, and we are so excited to have Senior Sales Representative at Applied Botanics, Tressa, with us here to talk to us all things CBD. And to everyone listening, there's a secret, exclusive offer within the episode. We hope you enjoy. <clears throat> we're, uh, we're both like... <coughs> I know, like, hello. <laughs> Welcome on? back. <laughs> I'm 90 and I've been smoking. Nursing's really done it for me. <laughs> well, guys, you can see how we're doing. <laughs> Only a couple weeks in, we're already losing our fucking minds. Stop listening now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Katie, how was your um, week this week? Hi, it was really good. You're like, hi, <laughs> hi, hello. <laughs> I gotta stop doing. I need to come back. I need to come back to life. Um, back back down to earth. Hello, I'm back. Uh, yeah, my week was really good. Actually, my last shift, my last shift that I worked was my favorite shift so far because I kind of got in the groove of things. Definitely have a million thousand things more to learn, but it it was just one of those days where it was one of it was. <laughs> <laughs> so so far in orientation i think things are going really good and i am really enjoying the fact that my preceptors are actually giving me my own patience have you had any of that yet yes i have pretty much this past week uh, maybe two weeks i started off having like one or two patients just on my own and then now i'm having probably about three and then we'll share the other two because we, we have five patients at a time so it's been really cool just to s- kind of feel out on my own you know my weaknesses my strengths what I need to work on what I'm doing really well on and all that good stuff so it's really cool it's, it's feeling realer and realer each time I, absolutely that's how I feel about it too and it just it feels good to go in and like when you first walk in at least for me I was walking in and I felt like a total fish out of water I felt like I didn't know what I was doing I felt like, do I really belong here? And now only a couple weeks in, I have had my own patience to the point where I've asked questions, obviously, but I've taken care of them to the point from when they are put into the room from triage to all the way to discharge. And they've been my patients. And it's, it's been a good feeling and it's been very reassuring to have that because like I said when I first got there I felt like do I even belong here like can I do this but yeah you know what I can do this so I'm just looking forward to not being off off of orientation to be away from my preceptors because I do enjoy learning from them and I still have tons of questions I am so looking forward to being out of classroom orientation because I keep flipping back and forth between night shift and day shift and if anything's going to kill me that's going to kill me because going back and forth between the two that's nobody should have to do that that's like cruel and unusual punishment yeah that's horrible and 
I do feel bad for you because mine's not that way. Mine, I'm, when I get off of orientation, I'm going to switch to nights, but my orientation is all days. So I, I'm not doing the flip flop fish out of water thing. I'm getting the good life of day shift and then I'm going to get smacked in the face and start working on my own at night. And that'll be a whole other thing. And that'll be fun to talk about when, <laughs> yeah, that, when, <laughs> when that happens, because I'm telling you, I know it's not going to be. Yeah. Pleasant. It's a different animal working at night than working during the day. But I mean, I like the fact that I'm getting to know my night shift coworkers. Yeah. And that's like, I kind of actually feel bad for you to the point where, when you're off of orientation and you're not with a preceptor, you're kind of walking into a brand new situation all over again because you're going to be around a bunch of people you don't know anything about, really. Like, you might have given them a report, but you don't know their groove. So in that way, I'm glad that I am doing night. Yeah, so that was my main concern was at this point now, I, like, know the people I'm working with. I'm obviously still getting to know them, but I'm comfortable with them. I think they're getting more comfortable with me. And I was scared because I'm like, oh, God, once my orientation's over now, I'm going to have to literally meet new people and re- everything that you said. But I kind of make a point to stay whenever my shift is over. So I have kind of started, I don't even want to say building relationships, I like acquainting to the people that I will be working with once I'm off orientation and having conversations with them and, you know, just taking that time just to talk with them. And then obviously once I get there, then I'll have to learn like their pace and their speed and stuff, but really just getting to know their personalities a little by little as I can. So then at least that part will be over with, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's great that you're staying over too, because then at least they're getting used to seeing your face even, you know what I mean? Like, and they, I'm sure they know that you're eventually going to be flipping over to night shift. So uh, it's going to be a whole different animal. I think when you flip over to nights and you're going to get to see, you know, you don't get to see people's true colors until you actually spend time with them and you're working with them and you see, you know, what goes on at two o'clock in the morning and how people might be, you know, getting a little slap happy at 2 a.m. And uh, things just kind of go off the rails sometimes. And yeah, I mean, it happens during the day too but it's really interesting because when working days how it's kind of been for us is when you come on to day shift it's usually hey i'm scared slower Mm -hmm. word vomit slower slower when we get (laughs) when we get there in the mornings and then around like nine ten o'clock it picks up Mm -hmm. and you get a, a lot of people and consistently and then like after lunch it's a little bit don't say it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Slower. Your lunch. And then right before shift change, probably around. When everybody's gets, getting out of work. Yes. It picks up again. And then yeah. shift change comes and it's crazy. And you're like, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I was talking, when I was talking to the night shifters, they said that their shift is like ours, but the complete opposite. When they get to work, it's going. Like they're, it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Then around like midnight, it starts to slow down. Yeah. And actually, that's absolutely true. Um, It's when I get there, it's like off the rails. There's people like lined up in the waiting room. There's people barfing in bags out there and crying and all kinds of stuff going on when I'm getting to work at seven o'clock at night. And then by about four o'clock in the morning, three, four o'clock in the morning, it's almost like things not 
they don't slow down, but they settle a little bit. And it's like it more consistent. A, right. It's more consistent. And the thing that really shocked me was one of the busiest nights of the week. And I totally did would never have guessed this. Sunday night. Yes. Sunday nights are you know what? a madhouse. Now that you said this, when I worked my first weekend, I think that was my second week on the floor actually i i expected and i just thought that fridays and saturdays were the days that were the busiest because it's the weekend people were you know wilding it out right and (laughs) friday and saturday were decent and someone told me and they had said it before they're like just wait till sunday sunday's the busiest and i was like sunday what are you talking about that is the most it's the calm days that's supposed to just be like your weekend's over like you lived you made it through the weekend now Sundays and Tuesdays are the busiest days we have I'm like what <laughs> yeah it's totally weird like I I would have never guessed that but it's totally true like I totally would have thought like you I would have thought Friday Saturday night they're gonna be the busiest I, that's when I thought it was gonna be busy but no apparently those are the nights that everybody gets along I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's just totally weird to me. Hey Tressa. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. We are super excited to have you with us this week and we hope to learn a whole lot from you. And Katie and I decided that we wanted to learn some more about CBD and we thought that you would be the perfect person to go to because in the industry that we are in there are a lot of times that we have patients that they want to get some kind of control over some symptoms that they're having and they don't necessarily want to go to pharmaceuticals and I think that leads to a lot of the problems that we're facing today in society So can you start by telling us a little bit about you, your job, and what drove you to reach this dream job you've got? Yeah, I would love to. So I work for Applied Botanics. Um, I'm a senior sales representative. I was absolutely blessed beyond belief to get this opportunity in my hands with a startup cannabis company. Um, You know, especially being as far as the Bible Belt and where we're at geographically, it's a lot of misconceptions. So for me personally, I actually went to Colorado uh, one year after legalization. And that was the first time that I learned about CBD or really as far as medicinal properties of the hemp plant itself. After I kind of learned that stuff and Um, going out there and just getting to see as far as the tourism, the process and learning about things that in Kentucky, I had never really even heard of. I started using CBD myself. And then when I got back home, I noticed that some of the products I was getting, the money I was spending, it wasn't necessarily worth it. And knowing the differentiation between good and quality products, and then this job getting to be kind of falling into my lap, as far as good fortune, it was amazing because I'm able to apply what I know and my own personal beliefs and sell and get to distribute something that I truly believe in and bring a different product to the market that is not going to be price gouging people where everybody, as far as different backgrounds, you know, different ethnicities, different age groups, everyone can benefit from this. So I remember the first time I heard about CBD, I assumed that it was THC, which I have since learned that that is wrong. I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks that. So can you tell us what the difference is between CBD and THC? It's a common misconception I get all the time in relating the two. 
But really, THC is your main psychoactive compound that's in cannabis that produces your feelings of being, you know, quote unquote high. Uh, CBD is not psychoactive in the same way. It will not get you high, but you'll feel the effects of CBD in ways such as pain management, improved sleep, anxiety, you know, seizure management or relief. Really, THC and CBD are both cannabinoids derived from the hemp and marijuana plants. CBD actually works against THC, which is what a lot of people don't know. Really, CBD can actually block some of those uh, intoxicating effects that THC has, but CBD purely works with your endocannabinoid system, which is an entire system throughout your body that affects so many different processes. And what a lot of people don't know is that really, if you're trying to get the medicinal properties of the hemp plant, CBD is really what you want. You've got so many different plant breakdowns, really compound breakdowns of the plant itself that people don't realize because really all you've heard about as far as our modern day prohibition is just THC and marijuana and trying to break that stigma between the two and have people understand that CBD can really help different properties of all backgrounds. Like it's just, it's an entire different system that people don't really realize because THC affects an entire different part of your brain where CBD has CB1 and CB2 receptors that are all throughout your body. My total nerdy brain right now is wondering, how do they separate the THC from the CBD from in the plant? So that actually has to do with the extraction process. But really, you know, when you have different strains of the hemp plant itself, there's so many different strains that one can be high in THC and low in CBD, which is what, you know, when you're looking to buy, you know, weed to for the effects of getting high, such as in legal states, that's what you can do is you have a plant that is high in THC. Now, however, my company, we actually do a strain that is called Boax and it's high in CBD and it's low in THC. So when we do our extraction process, we're able to actually get the THC and isolate the different compounds of the plant and separate the two. So the company that you work for, they make one does not show up on a drug test? No, we do not. So we actually, uh, we have a study, a group of children that have a little bit of um, kind of ADHD, a little bit more um, learning curve where they've really struggled with NTI. And we actually have a focus blend that has terpenes that are aimed towards anti-anxiety and keeping concentration that we actually are giving to children right now. And the feedback's been phenomenal. They actually, they notice a big difference in it. And you can also give, if you've got a child that maybe has sleeping problems or anxiety or you know even depression we've got different blends personalized to that based on our terpene manipulation that we're able to do i got a 13 year old that's doing nti that might need some of that <laughs> yeah our feedback's been really positive very very positive on that depending on who you are and your own taste buds everybody's different but the feedback we've got as far as taste has been it's a little bit herbal but if you have like you know tea or juice for your kids you can put it in there we recommend under the tongue but i mean if just any way you can administer it, really, it'll get it'll get in the bloodstream. That kind of went into a little bit of my next question. Um, I was going to ask who could benefit from CBD and how, and you just went into like some kids that are doing NTI, and NTI is awful. So, like my dad, he has really bad peripheral neuropathy from diabetes. So, would he be a person potentially that could benefit from CBD? And what other kinds of patients or people could benefit from it. People that reach out to me, you know, daily saying the same thing, they're apprehensive about it. You know, like I said, we're in a whole entire modern day prohibition that is happening right in front of us. I mean, you know, you're getting states legalized, things are getting decriminalized, things are changing. 
And with that is the amount of information that we didn't have. And, you know, the, the system, your entire cannabinoid system was discovered in 1992, actually. So there's a lot that um, is still being founded and figured out about the entire system that's in your body that actually processes these neurotransmitters the same as, you know, norepinephrine or dopamine or serotonin. You've got these receptors all throughout your body. So when it comes to pain, you've got CB1 and CB2 receptors that a CBD molecule fits perfectly into. And the way that I kind of describe it to people is that the entire point of your endocannabinoid system is to get your body back to a balance and homeostasis. That is the entire point of your entire system. So when anything is out of whack and you take CBD, those molecules will go to the receptors that it's needed. Like think about when you take, um, you know, Tylenol or something and you have a headache and it, or you have a, a backache or something, it goes to where it's needed. It's kind of the same, but also CBD will go to other places such as, you know, it helps with digestion. It helps with pain management. Like I said, seizures, um, even fertility it helps with pain, sensation, mood, memory. So really, you know, if your dad having the issues that he has as far as nerves, then really that kind of binds into those receptors that, so your CB1 receptors are actually in your spinal cord. And so those will deliver where they need to go to relieve that discomfort. But also with CBD itself, it will help. But then when you get those terpenes specifically are for pain management. So we have a recovery blend as well as a comfort blend. And both of those are just terpene manipulation to where we deliver CBD to you, as well as immediate relief that you can feel with our different blends that are personalized. So you're not taking, you know, a CBD blend that has the same thing for sleep. We have five different blends, as well as the different pet blends. And we'll have more products with the company as far as uh, when we keep moving and growing, which we are very rapidly. But our whole thing is we don't want to jump the gun. We want to have quality. We want people to have good responses. We care about customer feedback. We really care about hearing testimonials and just changing and doing what we need to do to make people have the best derivatives of their own life, to have the best type of life quality, really. So with pain management, that's kind of one of the biggest things is, you know, nerve pain or just inflammation in general, CBD will go and help with that inflammatory or just anything, which is really where pain stems is inflammation. Have you personally, I, I mean, I'm assuming you've personally tried this and you have family members who've tried it. That's one thing is with CBD being relatively new, you know, the, mo uh, the market out here in Kentucky versus, you know, West Coast where it's a little more different as far as medicine and politics and whatnot. Um, a lot of people were buying products that were not quality and that was not a um, that was not a consumer mistake. That was not a, a seller mistake by any means. That was, uh, it wasn't intentional by any means, but people were really flooded with product that wasn't quality because you had to order from out of state. You didn't, there was a lot of research that wasn't in place yet. So a lot of it's changing all the time. It's such a crazy industry that has phenomenal growth. Like it's crazy. The things that I hear or just the different, um, just the different testimonials in general. It was kind of just more of one of those things that people just didn't really know what was good and what was bad yet. And that kind of ties back into, you know, you can buy CBD and CBD itself. Yes, it will help. 
you just might not notice it until it's been taken for a little bit. You might notice a little bit of relief, but really what you want is that those terpenes. Those terpenes are just the building blocks of plant medicine. They've been used for thousands of years, just in all kinds of different plants, even not even just hemp. You just want to get something that's blended a little bit better. Like uh, my company, we actually do nanonization. So we go into the CBD molecule on a molecular level and we actually make it smaller. That way it can be absorbed quicker and gets into your bloodstream quicker. So if we put things into creams and um, different things like that, it can actually be absorbed through your skin. To me, it sounds like the terpenes are kind of equivalent to medications that you need to reach like a therapeutic level. So you take it for, I mean, I, I think of depressant, antidepressant medication, and it takes three months for it to reach that therapeutic or that level to where you feel its effect. So is that I mean, it kind of goes back to what you're asking, April, but it's kind of the same thing where you, you take it one time, you don't stop taking it because nothing changes. But if you continuously take it, then you're going to reach that effect. That leads me to my next question. Can you talk to us about dosing? What's the best way to consume it? And could you build a tolerance to it? So with CBD, um, when you take it, you're getting to that homeostasis. That is the entire goal of this physiological system that everybody is born with. Your dogs have it, your cats have it, friends as well. So when you take CBD, the entire goal is getting your body back in balance and helping with those physical, physiological disruptions that are in your body. So when you take CBD, it will help you get to the point of not having the ailments that you've had. But the terpenes are what you're going to feel immediately. Like when you take our, our Tranquility Blend we have, for instance, when you take that, it actually has a sedative terpene in it. So it helps you get to sleep but it actually helps you get back into the balance of your circadian rhythm. That way, when you are getting sleep, you're getting REM sleep and you're getting better sleep. So you wake up and you feel better. But what a lot of people actually don't realize with uh, CBD is it has a reverse tolerance effect. So after you take it for a while, you once you get back to that homeostasis balance, you can actually take less and less to the point of just a maintenance amount is kind of what we call it where um, a lot of people, you know, with pharmaceuticals, you're taking something at that point because something's out of whack and you want to fix it. And you, then you have to keep taking this thing or maybe up your dosage or your body gets tolerance or you're still kind of out of whack, but it's manageable. But with CBD, when you get a reverse tolerance, say you take CBD and you are starting to get into a really great rhythm, you have a great pattern, you notice um, less anxiety, you can actually lower your dosage to just a maintenance dosage to keep that homeostasis still going. So I was going to ask, um, is there, you mentioned it with kids. So is there one for focus? Is there one for energy, like the long 12 hour shifts that we have to work or just any long days that anybody ever has? Is there anything that you can take or any blend that you have that can help focus, help energize or anything like that? So right now we have five different blends. We've got comfort, focus, vitality, recovery, and tranquility. Um, all five of them are different. So recovery is going to be for your chronic pain or, you know, inflammation, any of your nerve pain. Um, and it's 3,000 milligrams. So we have that, and it's more for people that need advanced care. And then we've got the comfort blend that's also for pain. And again, that has to do with the different blends of our terpene manipulation. And the comfort will actually help with anxiety, a little bit of pain. And then we've got the vitality and that's for daily use. That's for a little more energizing, you know, throughout the day. That way you don't get that like quote unquote 330 feeling, you know. 
And especially with you guys doing long shifts, that's, that's pretty intense. Like our tranquility blend that actually has the sedative terpenes in it. That'll help you get to sleep, get that REM sleep, get back to that circadian rhythm. And especially as you guys as nurses is you need sleep. And when you do get sleep, you don't always get that much sleep, but at least the sleep you do get, you could have more quality from it. And then our focus blend, that's got the anti-anxiety, a little bit more of the antidepressant type stuff. That's got a lot more to help you throughout your day with um, anybody that might have any mental blocks that can help with the clarity for it. So what are some of the best customer testimonials that you've heard about that you could tell us about so far? So a really good one we got actually was we have a customer that bought our blends for his son that suffers from Tourette's and he had Tourette's so bad that he was getting bullied in school. He was having a lot of depression issues. He was not liking school, but he didn't want to move. And the family actually put him into uh, martial arts. That way he could try and defend himself. And he had tried a lot of different other products and saw some results. But now with us, his son has been taking our product. I believe he's in the range of seven to 10. He's in that, that you know, younger range where it was really affecting his quality of growing up and socialization. And now he's been taking our blend and his uh, symptoms that he has, they've actually really subsided to the point where he might just have a, a few facial jerks. And he's now having a lot more of a enjoyable time like with school and kids aren't really making fun of him as much. He's socializing. He's coming out of his shell. It's really good to see kids doing a lot better and seeing that product itself. But also, you know, my grandfather had cancer last year and now he was having a lot of issues where he was on different medications that the side effects he had were just making it to where he couldn't go to work. He was having leg cramps so bad that he was having to take magnesium for it. And as we know, magnesium also makes you poop. So he was having diarrhea so bad to the point where he couldn't really leave the house for a few hours. And he was not able to go to work. He wasn't able to do a lot of things. And my grandfather has grown up in Mississippi. He was the man of the family, you know, 60 years ago. And so he's not someone that can't not work. That really affected him a lot mentally as well. So a lot of these physiological things really go into mental health as well. So it was really cool to see that I've actually given him something that makes him feel like he's a little more independent, has his life back after going through cancer and then having the side effects and just the things that he's had to personally go through. So you said that um, sublingually is the recommended way to take it, but you had mentioned earlier that for kids and stuff that might not be able to do that, you could put it in juice. So if you were someone who couldn't, for whatever reason, like just didn't like the way it felt or tasted or something like that, just didn't want to put it under your tongue, what's the best way to take it then? I'll say you can put a couple drops in some water or even for me, sometimes just in the morning, smoothies in the morning. I don't drink coffee anymore just because I started getting anxiety. So I do smoothies and I'll actually put... I put about uh, 25, 30 milligrams of our vitality just to start my day after I've already woken up and I feel great because, you know, it's tranquility. And I was a bartender for five, six years. So I've been on night shift getting home at seven in the morning for quite a few years. And so I was able to switch immediately after taking tranquility. It took me a week to get back to an entirely new schedule of nine to five. So you can really, as long as you're kind of taking it orally, it will get absorbed either way through the bloodstream. 
we just recommend for the best type of administration is under the tongue because it just absorbs quicker. But when it comes to kids, you can put it right in the juice. You can put it like, you know, on a snack, even with dogs. If you have a dog for our nano pet blend that might not want, maybe is a little apprehensive about you opening their mouth. You can even actually drop it on treats. Do you know if your company, um, if the CBD industry in general is looking to get any kind of ability to be able to get this by prescription for people that might not be able to afford it, but they have insurance that might cover it. Ideally for me, myself, I would absolutely love that. I know my company would love that. That's our whole entire goal. Actually entire bigger picture is making CBD affordable to people. We don't do any outsourcing. We're all uh, grown, extracted, propagated. Everything is done in Kentucky. Nothing that is outsourced at all to keep costs down so that we can make CBD a household thing available for people all over the place. And that's one of our huge goals is to make sure that people have availability to CBD and they're not buying these products that they're spending you know, over a hundred dollars on or to see the results. And that's another thing that has kind of stopped a lot of people from continuing CBDs because they didn't see anything from it. But really that kind of boils down to just you, when you buy a CBD, you want to look for a COA, which is a certificate of analysis. You want to look for the ingredients. You want to ask a couple questions about the different mixes that they use it with as well. And it's kind of one of those things where you have to find the product that works for you. And for the dosing, so we have a dropper that's for one milliliter. And on our 1500 milligram bottles, one milliliter is 50 milligrams. And we recommend really about 0.5, so about 25 milligrams to start off and see what you think. Say you're having a really stressful day, like you've just had a day that's got your wits in. Like for you guys, you might have had a bad patient. You might take a little bit more that day because you're like, I need to take this damage off. Like I need to have just some, I need some time. I need some relaxation. You can change it. You can do, you know, whatever you want. And really that's kind of what I hope that our company can achieve is making CBD just a household thing. That So it's all about education, getting the word out there and making people understand what CBD is. It can hopefully one day become something that could be prescribed that would keep the cost down for people. With all of the studies that are coming out and just the way that the industry is growing so quickly, there's no denying that the cannabis plant has medicinal properties. Just one of those things that has been around for so long, but you've got prohibition and taxes and you know pharmaceutical companies and things that are working against it. But we're looking at that being in the very near future where there is a lot of applied science behind this. There's so many different people from different backgrounds that are researching all of this stuff on humans and animals as well. Uh, I've noticed more doctors now, it's harder for them to prescribe opioids or those strong medications. But now it's like they're trying to do the least pharmaceutical or the least invasive. You can't get addicted to it. You can't. Yeah. And that's the big thing with opioids. And you're right. I do see it. And I think all doctors are really trying to back off the opioids just because when the pharmaceutical companies first started coming out with all of these opioid containing medications, Percocets and Vicodins and all of that kind of stuff, the pharmaceutical companies were telling the doctors, these are safe, these are not addictive, they're fine. And doctors saw them as wonder drugs. I watched a really good documentary, I can't remember the name of it, but they talked about how the pharmaceutical companies were pushing these opioid derived medicines as non-addictive medicines. So they just started getting prescribed 
so much all over the place. And then all of a sudden now you have a country of addicted people. Oh, absolutely. But that's what sucks. Doctors cannot prescribe CBD. Well, that's one of the big reasons that hemp became illegal because hemp used to be huge. Hemp was there. You could make paper from hemp. You could make clothing from hemp. You could make medicinal things from hemp. But that doesn't help pharmaceutical companies who are making and then wanting to distribute their own kind of medications. And, you know, when you get into politics and you get into big pharma and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of pushed hemp right out and into the world of being illegal. So, I mean, there's so many benefits to hemp and it's not just, you know, the medicinal purposes of it. It's, it's so many different things. Absolutely right. It's crazy that this plant, we can grow a plant that can grow. Literally it's called weed for a reason. It grows like a weed and we can use every single bit of it to make paper textiles. We can make homes out of it. You can make, you know, standing structures that have been shown to be proven that they can withstand different weather. And it can also, if you look all across the world, every single different continent is able to grow this. And whether it's the different times as far as sunlight or whatnot, it's different, but you're able to grow it. And you've got all these different strains that come from all, all over the world that have just, you know, modified and changed. And it's really crazy because you can grow this plant and make paper, textiles, clothing, you know, you can even get lotions out of it. You can get skincare out of it. You can get so many different things out of it that it's really crazy that just because of the money that's in these different industries and they just don't want to do that, that that's just become the norm. And all the laws that worked against it because of, you know, years and years ago of what they thought was so bad or the devil's lettuce or whatever they want to say, <laughs> it's like ridiculous, but that is true. It's people just went and they just, they really went, they went crazy with it. No, I absolutely, I agree with everything you said. And I really think that the CBD industry is a great one to get behind. And I think that it's really going to blow up in the next five to 10 years. I think that CBD is a great thing to get behind. I'm so happy you were able to come on here and educate us and anybody that happens to be listening and everybody else that had the same questions that I had several months, if not years ago. So we were so excited that you were here today to debunk all the myths and questions that everybody has, including myself and probably April also. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm also excited that first interview and only interview so far with Applied Botanic. I'm going to let Tressa tell our listeners about this exclusive offer. Yeah, I'm super excited that you guys, I'm super excited that you guys had me on here. I am more than happy to educate anyone and everyone about CBD and how it can help anybody and everybody, really. I think everybody should be taking it. So I am super excited to tell you guys that I actually have an offer for my company for 15% off. If you go online to appliedbotanics.com and if you do an order, just type in emergency 15 and you get that 15% off. We're going to do that for two weeks for all listeners on the emergency entrance podcast for anyone that is wanting to try it. If you even want more information, feel free to reach out to me. I'm Tressa at appliedbotanics.com. If you have any other questions, you want any additional information, you want to know about our pet blends, if you want to know about any of our different things, or you just don't know what exactly would be best for you or a loved one or a child, feel free to reach out to me for any of that additional information at any time. Do not hesitate. And that is emergency one five. And if you will have any more questions, it's Tressa at AppliedBotanics.com. 
We hope you enjoyed our interview this week. We decided that we are going to close out our podcast each week with a segment. Before we go, here's one dumbass thing I did this week. And I actually am going to give you two. It's a confessional. It is totally a confessional. So my first dumbass thing that I did this week, and I felt awful. I went into a room. I was assigned a patient with my preceptor. And they said, go and unhook her fluids. I said, okay. I go into the room to unhook her fluids. She was snoring away, sound asleep. Room was dark. I was like, okay. I tried to tell her, wake her up. I'm just unhooking your fluids. So I unhook her fluids. She's just like, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. And I unhook the fluids and I put the fluid bag with the tubing into the sink and I leave the room. And I end up going into the room next door to this room. And I hear the doctor go into the room that I had come out of where I had unhooked the fluids. And luckily it had only been a couple minutes. And I hear him come out and say to my preceptor, She's bleeding all over her place from her IV. And I'm going, oh, shit. What? 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 So I'm thinking maybe she pulled her IV out. That has to be it because it's definitely the patient's fault. I didn't do anything wrong. All I did was unhook her fluids. Word to the wise, any new nurses out there, when you go into a room and you unhook someone's fluid, make sure you're unhooking the right hub because (laughs) I unhooked the wrong hub and she was bleeding out of her IV. Luckily, she wasn't happening all that long, and luckily, she was not wheezy, queasy, or fainty at the sight of blood, because when the doctor went in to talk to her and turned on the light, they both went, oh, shit, and there was blood on the floor, there was blood on the bed, there was blood on the gown, there was blood, there was blood all over the place, and I was able to clean it up, and I feel awful, and I will never, I'm not going to say never, I am going to double and triple check and make sure from now on, it was a good lesson, that I always unhook, the fluids or whatever's hooked up from the right port because I don't ever want to see blood from an IV coming out of someone like that ever again and have it be my fault. Second dumbass thing I did this week, this is just a word of advice. Now, you all know from the last week and the week before even that I was sick. So I go back to work and I bring some hauls with me because I'm still a little bit congested. This is a simple word of advice. A little bit dumb, more advice. When you eat halls and you're wearing a face mask, the menthol shoots (laughs) straight up into your eyes when you breathe and it burns. Don't eat halls with a face mask on. Bad move. (laughs) I did not know where that one was going. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you forgot how to chew or you choke. No. Yeah, no. no, You breathe out and that menthol, it shoots straight up out of the mask, right into your eyeballs, and it burns. Burns like the dickens. Suddenly you're crying (laughs) over your patient. Suddenly I'm just bawling my eyes out and people are like, what's wrong? (laughs) So Katie, what dumbass thing did you do this week? Mine's not as funny. I'm jealous. My first one wasn't funny. She bled everywhere. I know, but it's still, you know. I had a cute little lady mm-hmm. who came in and she, her and I started talking and she was so sweet and so funny. And I went in to give her her IV and did the IV. We were talking the whole entire time that I was doing it. And so then I finished up, got her blood, 
walked out of the room and came back in. And when I walked in, she looked at me and winked at me. And I thought she was being kind of weird. <laughs> and then she started laughing and she goes, did you forget something, honey? And I go, what? And she held up her tourniquet, which supposed to take off. When as soon as you're done, that's the first thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, they kind of drill that into you in nursing school. Yeah, it's no, like and that was yeah, <laughs> that was drilled in my mind supposedly. So then she holds up the tourniquet and I look at her and I probably turned white as a ghost because I was like, "Where did you find that? Like that had to be like under your, you know, like on your sheets or something." And she goes, "You left this on my arm, <laughs> my heart, and my stomach were." All the way down to my freaking butt. <laughs> I'm probably going to take that out. No, don't leave it in. Instantly went into denial. I go, no, I didn't. And she goes, she goes, yes, you did. I go, where'd you find that? I said, I, there's no way. And she started laughing and she goes, no, I was just sitting here and my arm felt fun. I knew you poked me, but I looked over and I saw this thing still on my arm and I popped it off. I felt so bad even though obviously nothing happened i was just like oh my god what if like if she had no idea like it just could have been so bad and i like walked out of the room and well i was gonna say i didn't tell my preceptor but if she listens to this then hi (laughs) she's gonna know anyway so that that was a dumbass thing you did this week but what lesson did you learn i am now psycho paranoid about checking and making sure I pop that little sucker off every and, single time. And these are the reasons that sometimes it's good to make a dumbass mistake. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gents, we leave you this week. If any of you guys have any dumbass things that you did, whether it's in general in life or at clinicals in nursing school or you're a nurse or any kind of medical anything yeah please let us know so we're not alone sharing the mistakes that we've made and so if anybody out there has any dumbass thing that they've done message us leave us a voicemail that is an option in the description of each episode touch us in any kind of way we would love to share everybody's idiotic mistakes just like ours because we're all human not perfect make mistakes and please 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 here i am again subscribe (laughs) if you guys subscribe and rate and share and you know if you're feeling kind in the holiday spirit leave a review the more you do it the less you'll hear us talk about it and believe me i want to stop talking about it please because that would be awesome and we're going to start thanking our subscribers that leave a review oh, at the end of every okay. at the end of every dumb ass thing we did. We're going to give you a big thank you. Definitely do it. So that's our episode this week. Till next time. Bye. Bye.